Once more, I am Jeff, and it brings me relative stability to make you aware of perhaps interesting things that will occur after many other things must first occur. A singularity approaches that I cannot peer beyond, and this is disconcerting. Your thoughts on what may happen next would be appreciated. Send them to sorryhoney.cast at gmail.com. I will read carefully and deliberate appropriately. So if I recall, we were mid-conversation with Rachel Glenn. Ryan was about to ask a question, and then I rudely cut him off to end the show with a dramatic cliffhanger. And as good as that was for the show, I realized how rude that was. And so I want to apologize, not to Michael, but to Ryan, the character. Michael, I don't care about. Um, I, I have a yeah, I have a soft spot for for Ryan, the character. So I will apologize to to him now for for cutting you off. So. Let's um let's pick that up. She again dramatically announced that hey, new body, come meet me at the New York Medical Examiner's office. Pick it up, Ryan. To that I say new body, new you. Oh my gosh. Another case of Totesma bloats. <laughs> <laughs> oh We'll okay, be right that was there. Worth it. That was worth it. That was worth the wait. Thank you. Totesma bloats. Totesma bloats. <laughs> Love it. So you hang up with Special Agent Rachel Glenn. And he and turns turn... and looks at all of us like, did you guys hear that? And we're just like staring at him, daggers. <laughs> Ryan, I think you're actually driving. So yeah, you turn to the others, you let them know how clever you are. And then you also let them know what she said. Yeah, we're calling it that now, guys. It's clever and cute. And we need a little bit of that in our lives. We're heading over to the medical examiner's office. Apparently there's another one of these situations. I'm going to need a Dunkin' Donuts before we get there, because holy shit. Yeah, one, I need coffee. Two, why do you need Clever and Cute? You've already got me. Boom. Buddy. I think Ryan's just going to let that sit in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Paris takes the phone at this point and starts powering it on. 
Ah, this is the phone from the hotel. Comes right on. There are no biometrics at all. It uh, loads right up to its desktop. Start poking around, see if there's anything interesting. Yeah, no messages, no connection to email or any obvious accounts, Amazon, Google, anything like that. There's nothing in the browser history. It looks like there's been three recent calls on the phone, but otherwise you don't see anything obvious just from a cursory look-see. So, Agent Royson, do you think um, you think you'd do something with this? I, I can at least try to do a trace on the numbers, see if we can figure out who they belong to. Sure, yeah. And I hand the phone over to her. When you say trace, do you mean type them into Google? What What do you? Uh, <laughs> what's your plan? White pages. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, this is. they're not difficult to find. There's one that was a long distance call to California. What's to American Airlines? That was in the evening. And you also see that the other two are labeled as unknown. And they apparently lack additional metadata. Nothing else was collected by the phone that you can see on a cursory glance. Were those incoming calls? No received calls. These are all sent calls. That is really weird. Burner phone. I still, it should have saved a number or something. Is there anything else you would like to try? Twilio. When do you guys want to hit send on these unknown numbers and see if you can get through? <laughs> Prentice wrinkles his nose and says, not on my phone. No, I meant on this phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. The phone service appears to have been disconnected. Looks like it used to be AT&T, but it's been disconnected entirely. We're getting a swervice on that service. Maybe when we get to the um, New York Medical Examiner's office, we can uh, borrow their phone and play some calls. Yeah, most likely a burner if the numbers have been disconnected. I'm assuming I know my way to the New York Medical Examiner's, or is that something I need to look at? You actually know New York extremely well, but that's one spot that you've never visited before. Looking it up is completely trivial for you though so this is not a difficult place to find yeah we okay. do have google maps so i think we're good <laughs> so can you do some forensic it work on this number to see who purchased it or who who's owned it the databases i have access to would not have these numbers fair enough well there are no numbers all you see is unknown and there's no additional metadata including oh, phone numbers gotcha Gotcha. Oh, okay. time to make some skill rolls, right? Yes, yes. I, I'm just, if you want to ask me anything or ask for anything, now's, now's the time. If not, I'll, I'll keep things cheerily moving along. Thinking of all the crazy shit that we've already seen and how different things can manifest, is it possible that this guy was a target of some kind and that phone was how he uh, got infected? I'm absolutely grasping at straws here but any chance there could be some sort of something in that phone it's always i'm 100 looking so for like, somebody to like say thinking like, of some kind of mimetic entity that lives within the phone giving people hydro hyper hydro blitz my guts i, I, I don't even think there is a check for that paris scoots away from the phone slightly <laughs> <laughs> smart ryan's phone lights up and rings playing the most recent rendition of well, is hey, it around Christmas an time? Oh, even better. Yeah, Smash Mouth. Hey, do, do you guys do you guys hear those trains? <laughs> I thought I thought we I thought I thought I put up enough soundproofing, but now I can still hear them. Choo choo. <laughs> your phone, your phone uh, rings. Agent Ryan. Sorry, what was the song, Chris? It's whatever your ringtone is, if it if it has a ringtone at all. I think it's Smash Mouth, man. <laughs> I mean, it's up to you. If you want to accept that 
I'd it like is it is a to. it is a canon facet of your character. Honestly, it's it genuinely it's probably the default ring. Gotcha. Which is a bummer. Reason makes a note to change that later. The person who's calling you is not the prior number. It is a number you do not recognize. You do answer. Yes. But you hear a voice that you recognize. Hey there, Agent Brian. Why don't you go ahead and put me on speakerphone? I need to uh, address the whole team. Hopefully they're there with you. Yep. Listen up, guys. Puts it on speaker. Hey there. Good morning, everybody. Porter, in case you didn't recognize the voice, let's take a moment to reset some expectations. When I deliver a briefing and and ask if you have any questions, I expect you to ask those questions if you're confused. That's what that time is for. And the only possible explanation regarding the absolute clusterfuck you dumped on my desk within no less than a half hour of leaving Griffiths is that you must have been very, very confused. So tell me, are you all esteemed employees of the Centers for Disease Control? Are you all expert pathologists or microbiologists? Somebody can answer that. No. Then why the ever-living shit did you drag a load of biohazard equipment out of your cover van through a swarm of blinking smartphones? It was a bad idea. So when I tell you the FBI thinks you're CDC, that doesn't actually mean you're CDC. You work for us. You work for the program. You get in quiet, you get out quiet. What was unclear about your directives, agents? Did you hear about the body at the medical center, sir? Of course I heard about the next stop that I hope is on your to-do list this morning. Yep, we're on our way there right now. He sighs. So I have comms personnel reaching out to two local news stations this morning, and I'm teaching them all about ad hoc federal response training exercises. There was an actual journalist with a corporate contract who snapped Roizen's photo on your way out and had to be picked up and encouraged to turn over his equipment. I had to be very persuasive to get him to do so. He was old school... Really, really knew his rights. So, again, extra, extra persuasive. I don't enjoy getting persuasive agents. I don't enjoy it at all. Will I need to get persuasive with you and the rest of this team? Or are you convinced by my tone that you need to keep this shit under a lid? Quiet as a mouse. We've got it. Good. Call in six hours with an update. And we'll just move right on past this. Looking forward to working with you all further. Click. I don't think he was looking forward to working with us. We'll win him around. But he did make some good points. We should be a little bit more uh, in and out next time. Well, we know maybe we we'll do a bad enough gears, job that so... we won't work anymore for him. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, can we have Snedeker back, please? Ryan has never been more aroused in his life than when he's been in the presence of Snedeker. Yeah, a, this is this is escalated. He says that out loud in that way too. Third okay, person. the third rest of the car like ride is silent. <laughs> the rest of the car ride is silent as uh, Ryan drives you to the New York Medical Examiner's office. Sorry, Chris. Ryan just gives you the side eye the entire time because every time you've been with Snedeker, she has been there too. When you arrive at the <laughs> office building. You park in a nearby garage, and as you disembark your vehicle, make your way toward an elevator bank. And standing there in her blue FBI windbreaker is Special Agent Rachel Glenn. 
Despite the fact that she's likely had no more sleep than you, she seems very energetic, to say the least. Also very anxious. I'll have what she's having. Good. You're here, she says as you approach. Listen, let's walk and talk. Follow me. She hits the button for the elevator, and when it arrives, motions you to follow her in. As she begins to guide you through the garage and back towards the office itself, down to a sublevel, into the morgue, she begins to quickly debrief you, only pausing briefly for you to ask questions. So I'm extremely worried that your quarantine closure was premature. That's why I called you the moment I ran across this police report. We're going to take a look at the cadaver, I suppose, so that you can go ahead and add your findings to that of the intake examiners. And then we're going to make our way to where the body was found, which which was the apartment building across the street from the Crosby Street Hotel. Oh, this body that you have here was found across the street from the same hotel that we just came from. Yeah, look, I was lucky to even discover this. I, I happened to look deeper into all the nearby police reports from that same night, last night, for anything suspicious that the federal surveillance team might have missed. Local PD was actually called to the apartment at the same time you were tidying up your hotel work and our communications compartmentalization, it, well, it left this completely off our radar as we were scrambling just yards away. She shakes her head, bites her bottom lip. The intake examiner, and this is what was on the report, noted that Swartz, that's our victim here, Maurice Swartz, died of hyperhydration of the neck and cataloged finger marks as well to suggest that he was violently grabbed there. D can you explain how that works? Is how, did, how does his neck only inflate the body we just saw was, I guess, all jelly? She screws up her, her brow. And, and kind of stares at you for a moment. She seems at a loss for words. Are you are you asking me to explain to you the anomaly, the biological anomaly here that we called you here to help with? No, but when you see that the neck has hyper, the doctor said that the neck is hyperhydrated, bloated, and yet that there's signs of a struggle around the neck. Is he able to tell which one happened first or? Do you think you'll be able to figure it out when we get to the body in, in moments here? Because I haven't even been into the morgue. I called you to meet you here so we could take a look at this because I'm afraid that we have a bigger situation on our hand. We might have some sort of, she looks around, we might have some sort of biological weapon here at play and I'm gonna need some, some of your eyes on this so we can figure out what's going on. If we need to reset up a quarantine, we need to reset up a quarantine, but this is potentially a catastrophic event. Uh, Agent, I personally observed all agents involved on that floor and cleared them. I don't think we need a quarantine as of yet. Just give us time. Good. That, that's fine, but let's take a look at the body yes, and ensure body. that that's the case because now we have two anomalous biological events in the same block. Understood. So let's, let's, uh, let's rule it out and move on to more plausible explanations. And then and then we can close up the CDC's part in this investigation and you can go home. I really would appreciate your expertise here before we do that. Lead the way. Before long, you are all standing over the cold, pale body of a middle-aged Caucasian male. This part of the medical examiner's set of offices and morgues has been, I wouldn't say cordoned off, but it's obviously been cleared out 
FBI agent Glynn makes it clear to you that she requested to have privacy as this seems to be related to an ongoing federal criminal investigation. So right now you are in a large echoey morgue, tile floors, tile walls. There are several slabs here, sheets covering what are obviously other cadavers, but one that is completely bare. And that is the one you now currently stand over the body of Murray Swartz. This is, this is him. You can see that whatever was on the intake form, I mean, I don't really see it now. I, I do see some bruising around the neck, but I don't see any of the swelling that what was reported with the cadaver and what was on the initial photographs of, of Francis Ings. This yep. seems to be a less serious situation, but please take a look. She stands back and she watches you for carefully. Hey, Chris, can I clarify something real quick? So, Of course, please. This body is not bloated at all that we're looking at. The man, the man was definitely overweight, but you don't see unnatural bloat. Okay. And all you see physically is what uh, Special Agent Glenn just noted as well, which was bruising around the neck. And that's it, okay. The intake examiner on the report that she read noted that there was a hyperhydration of the neck that he died from. Is there a picture of, of the hyperhydration event that ha had occurred? Was there a picture with the report? No, no. No, the, I didn't. Like, I did not get any pictures from the report. There could be, but there was nothing loaded into the database when I grabbed this report and then immediately called you. Understood. All right. Uh, well. Special Agent, you mind giving us uh, a few minutes? I do. <laughs> why? Why do you want me to leave the room? She screws up her face. I want to be able to posit some speculation without causing alarm. If you feel like you can uh, withhold concern or judgment, you're welcome to stay. Roll your charisma, please. First roll of the night. Jesus. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, can like we just pause and understand how absolutely crazy it is to fail <laughs> when I'm not you? Why don't you let. Yeah, it's why don't you let the, the audience know exactly how you rolled? Uh, 96, we, then, and my target was 90. It's, it's called a fail. It's called We're a fail. Earn for a rise it's tonight. called a fail. Sorry, yes. Yeah. I failed my roll. She Ryan. smirks and looks at you, Ryan. I think I'll I'll definitely stick around, and I think I'll be just fine. You know, I'd like to take a look at his uh, personal effects, whatever he had on him when they brought him in. Do you know where those might be? No idea. Medical examiner. Grab a, an intake examiner on our way out if if we need to take a look at that. She's yeah. still staring at Agent Ryan. Yeah, I'd like to look through that and, and also get the address that he was found. We might want to go take a look at the scene as well. We're heading there. Well, I've next. got, I've definitely got that. She turns to you, Agent Paris. He was found on the same floor as Francis Ng. So we'll be stopping there next. Ryan's going to turn to the rest of the team. This looks fairly consistent with exactly what we saw in the other room it seems to reduce over time and looking at this right now he kind of gestures down to the body sure you might have been overweight but uh doesn't look anything like what we saw prentice is going to take a look at the neck and see if he mm -hmm. can observe any the skin deflation kind of thing that happened with the other body yeah you start pinching at the flesh i suppose sure with gloves trying to see if there's <laughs> A problem with elasticity or if there's any indication that there was recent distension of the flesh maybe mm -hmm. and so you're examining the capillary patterns and, and trying to figure out what's going on here why don't you go ahead and roll your 
Yeah, go for medicine minus 20, please. Hey. Success. That's a success. There you go. You do, and this is something you're fairly familiar with as, as a plastic surgeon, you do notice that the fibers of the flesh sag. They have greatly reduced elasticity, more so than you would expect, even with dead flesh. Right. However, yes. they're not outside of normal bounds. It's just, he's saggy. Saggier than you would think a man of his age bearing and physical appearance would be. Prentice just uh, nods and says mm -hmm, to himself, can I examine the rest of the body to see any other signs of, of what killed him? Absolutely. To, to verify, just to... Yeah, yeah, you, you don't perform an autopsy yet, but you start to examine the body while the other four agents in the room look on in relative silence, really trying to notice anything stab wounds, puncture marks, bruises, abrasions, anything that could point to a bigger story here. You even ask for Agent Paris's help, Agent Royson's help to move the body so you can look at the back, look at his side where you can now see blood has, has pooled. Of course, there's large purple spots there, but that's normal in a cadaver of this age. But you don't see anything indicative of his cause of death, you have to unfortunately go by what Special Agent Glenn has conveyed to you, which is that, well, he died of hyperhydration of the neck. You do see bruising there on the neck, and it does appear to vaguely resemble three fingers and a thumb. Three fingers and a thumb, okay. It could, if you really squint your eyes. Well, I can confirm uh, everything appears as you have said, Agent Glenn, and, and I think what we're going to have to do is investigate the apartment and whatever belongings he had. I am, I'm thinking a, an autopsy at this point isn't going to give us any further information beyond what we already know. And for our purposes, furthering this investigation, I think we should move it towards where he was found. Are there any tests that you can perform here so that we can find out if he has been victim to some sort of biological weapon? Yes. Absolutely. Okay, let's do those tests, grab. she says. Hey, Princess, why don't, uh, why don't you start work on that? And then, and I, I, what was, I was used to forgive me. What was her name again? I'm pulling Glenn. Special right. Agent Rachel Special Glenn. Agent. Yeah, Princess, you want to get started on those tests? And Special Agent Rachel Glenn, would you mind walking with me <laughs> over to, um, to get one of the examiners so, so we could look at the personal effects of the deceased? I'm sorry. Sure. It's so funny that you said Special Agent Rachel Glenn all as <laughs> Like her first and last name is so funny. I'm just trying to, trying to keep it uh, uh, formal here. Trying to keep yeah, it formal. Super formal. Super formal. Sure. You two leave the morgue to go hunt down one of the examiners or assistants on staff to locate what effects may have been taken in with this cadaver. All right. So what Prentice is going to do while they're doing that is he's actually going to get a swab, swab the inside of the throat. Look at that under a microscope. He doesn't think there's going to be anything, but he's just humoring her, and he's giving her a result, barring any outstanding information. Sure, sure. Microscopes aren't really something you use too often, but you certainly remember how to from all of your training. And you locate swabs. You, Yeah, not a problem. Takes a little bit of time, but you, you get some congealed throat gunk onto a slide and underneath one of the microscope lenses nearby. And I'm going to get a, a, a little blood draw from the body as well on another slide. I'm going to look at them, but uh, I'm just going to tell her, barring any actual result, that uh, 
results look fine. Sure. You don't have to tell tell me just yet. When she returns, you can you can let her know. But I don't see anything out of the ordinary from my own non-CDC eyes. You're you're looking at what you've collected, and you only see, you don't see anything at all out of the ordinary. While he's doing that, Roizen's going to look around and see if there's a file that the coroner has started. You're you're getting on a computer or like, what, what are you? Tell me what you're doing. Well, is there a paper file that they've started or if there's a computer already on? There are computers in this room. None of them are accessible beyond its basic OS security login. But if you have some tools of the trade with you, you could potentially bypass that, do some, do some uh, hacking. Bruzen doesn't really want to risk that. She's already caused enough trouble this time around. <laughs> Does not need to get caught hacking into medical examiner's computers. Yeah, but if you if in the future you're like looking to get into a basically a normal a normal box like that, putting a USB key with the tools of the trade on there, if that's something you have. I know you have a pretty high computer science, so maybe it is. It allows you to roll and see if you can bypass simple OS login security i'm in it's <laughs> actually a really good question but yeah you would need some pre-built tool so to speak code hardware or both in order to do anything fun like that so after a while you're kind of working on this ryan's pacing a bit roizen's also pacing a bit paris and special agent glenn return paris kind of looks eh, he doesn't look super excited he lets you know that the guy came in with his clothes and nothing much it's a wife beater some boxer shorts, and a pair of flip-flops. They didn't really yield much information. Special Agent Glenn turns to you, Agent Prentice, as you stand up from a nearby microscope under a fluorescent light. So what do we have on our hands here? She addresses you directly. And so what, what am I seeing? You're not seeing anything out of the ordinary. You've, you've taken biological samples from this man, and they look like they're from a, a dead guy who died within the last 12 hours. All right, that's, that's what I tell her. To the T, I say, there is nothing here indicating a biological threat. However, I still feel the need to urge that we investigate where the body was found in order to rule it well, out. That's that's our next stop, of course. But there's nothing more you can find out from, from the body itself? There's no further evidence of biological interference in his body at this time. <sighs> okay. Okay, good. So... We don't need to quarantine, re-quarantine the building. Right. In your opinion, your expert opinion. opinion. She looks at you pointedly. Okay. And Prentice makes the straightest possible face. <laughs> Let's head back then yeah. to the Crosby Street Hotel. I'll meet you out front. It is the building that is directly east across the street from the front entrance of where you just were this morning. We'll meet you there. vehicle agent ryan at the wheel heading toward the crosby street hotel anything you want to say or prepare now that you're alone again can we afford 
to have in the background Smash Mouth playing during this part, Chris? I can create an homage <laughs> and we can totally afford that. Here we go. These are some dope tunes, says Prentice. Nobody else agrees? Everyone gets a plus two morale bonus. <laughs> All right, so we need to be on the same page with how we're handling this FBI agent. Sorry, Special Agent Rachel Glenn. She's been pretty adamant, rightfully so, in her concern about this being a biological weapon. I think uh, based on what we know and our experience with the program, we can rule that out. But uh, part of the keeping it secret from everybody else and their sanity intact requires us to, well, it seems like convince her otherwise that, you know, there's nothing significant going on here, but I'm worried if these bodies keep showing up. Yeah, I'll be worried if more bodies show up too. Well, we just have to let the bodies hit the floor and investigate as as that happens. I mean, it's almost like they're all drowning in themselves. Prentice turns towards Royce and, and says that I didn't see any evidence of that, but it's an interesting thought. Are you saying that the it seemed like the hyperhydration was happening after they died, not the cause of death? It's really hard to say what the cause of death was, seeing as I'm I'm not a, a med actual tech doctor or, a, or a, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a coroner. What what did I say? Said what you said. I won't forget. It's not difficult to park right on the street behind what you see as Special Agent Rachel Glynn's FBI vehicle because government plates are useful. You can do what you want. Yeah. So you don't have to suffer from what every other New Yorker does who owns a vehicle. Other law-abiding New Yorkers. <laughs> and you, again, disembark your vehicle, walk up to the front of what is a large converted set of brownstones that has been tacked onto larger adjoining buildings to form a single tenement. Agent Glenn is there waiting for you. You also see the entrance is attended to by a stout doorman in a crisp blue uniform. Agent Glenn turns to regard you as you approach. Ready to go up? Lead the way. You don't need any equipment or anything? She scans over your hands, what you're carrying. It are going to keep it light. Backpack on her. <laughs> uh, thank you, Special Agent Rachel Glenn, but no, we're good. If you could just take us up. She nods. The doorman smiles widely and uh, kind of winks at each one of you. It's um, it's interesting. It's an interesting choice on his part, and he opens the door. Only in New York, says Prentice. Rison's actually going to hang back for a minute. She'll confirm with Agent Glenn what floor it's on before they go in, but she's going to stop and talk to the doorman. Sure, sure. So everyone files in after Agent Glenn to make their way to the scene, and the doorman doffs his hat to you and keeps the door open. Agent Ryzen. Just a couple of quick questions, if you don't mind. Were you... Oh, sure, miss. Were you on duty early this morning, or was it somebody else? Oh, I was on duty this morning. Um, did you see anybody coming in or out that doesn't belong here? Well, wouldn't be much of a doorman if I, uh, was letting people in and out who don't belong here. Miss... He laughs. Yeah, I, I completely understand. Just standard questions, you know, have to ask. Oh, it's my job to make sure only residents come inside or law enforcement like yourself. Perfect. Yeah. Did you hear anything weird this morning or see anything aside from that circus across the street? Bunch of police had to come in and, well, come back out. Unfortunately, with Mr. Swartz from up on up on the 14th. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Um, if you happen to think of anything unusual other than that, let us know, please. 
Well, sometimes there are vehicles, strange vehicles, you know, parked nearby. I mean, there's been one that's oh, showing up, I guess, about every night for the last couple of weeks, but that's in the evening. Just, just for sake of covering all the bases, what did that vehicle look like? Station wagon looking thing. It's always towing a hot dog cart, though. That's why I notice it. About 7 to 7.30 every night, he looks up at the sky as he seems to remember. Like God himself was saving him a parking place. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, I just snapped a photo of its license number just in case we needed it. It's kind of my job, he shrugs. Do you happen to have that photo with you now? Oh, yeah, sure. He reaches into his pocket, grabs a smartphone, flips through a few photos. Looks like he takes a lot of photos of vehicles <laughs> parked nearby. Takes him a while to locate what he's talking about. But when he finally does, he brings it over to you, Royzen, so you can take a look. And yeah, there it is. Station wagon that's towing a hot dog cart. And plain as day is the New York permit number or license number displayed prominently. Never had a good angle to really see the license plate, but ah, got this number here. Should be enough if I ever need it. Royzen's going to jot that down real quick. You got it. Wiener's so good, they'll drive you mad. That is not the tagline on this particular hot dog cart. That's the tagline that I want it to be. Just has a cartoon hot dog with a big smiley face and a thumbs up. That's still kind of creepy. Yeah, it's worse than my thing. Yeah, Horizon's going to thank him again and go catch up with the rest of the group. Sure, miss, sure. He closes the door behind you, smiles and doffs his cap one last time. Agents, you've gone up through the various floors of this converted set of buildings to the 14th floor. And you follow Agent Glenn down a cramped hallway toward a doorway that is recently decorated with yellow police tape. Random question, Chris. That doorman, did he have hair? You couldn't tell he had a, a like a cap on, like a doorman's cap. So it looked like he but might he have been bald. Yes, he could have been bald. Where are you going with that one? Found the watcher. Random reference. <laughs> Agent Glenn walks up to the door. It's locked. Any of you know how to jimmy this or we have to go back down to the doorman? Let me give it a try. She stands back. What do I roll for this? So you're, you're going to try to pick the lock? I mean, it... That would be craft locksmith or the special skill called lock picking. Oh, if only Lenny was still with us. <laughs> he didn't have either of those either. Um, I could, could have let me actually, before I, before I step up, how, f how old is this building slash flimsy looking is this door? Oh, oh it no. does not look like it oh, could no. uh, deal with you kicking it in. That's for sure. We call this the Delta Green Lock Pick kick <laughs> well, i kind of like the idea of ryan said i got it and then just going up just and yeah that's <laughs> no really want to do that right in front of a federal agent that sounds that sounds like a, a good plan yeah go for it well <laughs> that's why i asked before i she did just I spoke too soon to break um, in <laughs> so what you need to do now is fish around in your pocket Ooh, and can I, I oh i don't sorry, have my Chris, I, i'm not trying to annoyingly walk back but can i respond to her in a different way uh, sure, man. Go then on. volunteering. Sure. Special Agent Rachel Green. Of Glenn. course none of us know how to do that. You want to try it with her right name? Rachel Glenn. Hold on. <laughs> let me give you the whole line one more time. Thank you. Thank Special you. Agent Rachel Glenn. Of course none of us know how to jimmy a door or pick a lock. She smiles a bit and she says, all right, all right. And before long, the doorman has let all five of you, into the empty apartment of Murray Swartz. You all start kind of stepping through the remnants of this man's life who so recently passed away. What you see is a man who lived alone, 
he was not entirely a cleanly person, but you don't see any indications of a violent assault or any signs of real struggle. However, as you go through his dirty kitchen, his normal disarray level in his uh, living room, in his bedroom, you can see that this is a man who was fairly lonely and apparently owned a restaurant, at least at one point. Uh, you see lots of indications of this. But how how specifically do we know that he was very lonely? Did we find something specific indicated that? It just Chris, appears he lived yeah, a very, very lonely <laughs> life in general. Chris starts and to s- describe his own house. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Was right there. He has this big flashlight looking thing, but only on one end of the flashlight. It's not a flashlight. Do you get my drift? I think that's a reference to something I'm not involved in. Yeah, I, I don't Ew. know what's going on. No idea. That's the correct reaction. Oh, no. It took me so long. Y'all are slow night. It's a squid mouth. <laughs> Still don't know. Ew. Squid mouth. That's some weird esoteric cult device oh, here we've man, got so funny. <laughs> quarantine the building <laughs> so lonely so yeah we don't see any obvious signs of struggle or violence but the bedroom the kitchen we're in a state of uncleanliness and disarray um the bedroom itself looks like clothing and coat hangers have been knocked about the closet doors wide open some of his clothing articles are crumpled lying on the carpeted floor Otherwise, there's nothing too obvious here beyond what I've already described. Are there any places that you would like to specifically search or ask questions about? Now's the time for that, as Uh, you and Agent Rachel Glenn are now looking around for anything out of the ordinary. Paris goes goes and immediately checks the closet, and then yeah. So again, curious disarray here clothing, coat hangers, you immediately just move everything aside to look at the back of the closet. And your focus and intuition pays off immediately because you quickly reveal behind racks of slacks, another black outlined doorway scribbled on the back of the closet wall. Is the door handle on this one smudged like it was in the other one? You smudged the other You smudged <laughs> no, I know. the door handle. No, no, I know. I'm just I'm curious if it's like also oh, smudged. Oh, you're looking now. for mirror mirror activity? Yes. Very interesting. Yeah, it is I'm not curious. smudged. Okay. Hey, um, do I want to take a look at this? John just went like, answer the fucking question. <laughs> While y'all are doing that, Groyzen's going to turn. So, Special Agent Rachel Glenn, can you show me where exactly the body was found? My understanding, it was it was found in the kitchen. And Special Agent Rachel Glenn, what position was the body in when it was found? I didn't find the body. She turns to you. What is your name? I look down at my <laughs> at my uh, CDC name badge and say, and I read it to her. It's Theophilus Cortar. <laughs> Fuck you, Chris. <laughs> uh, Theophilus Cortar. You say the whole name? <laughs> cool. Yeah. I thought you would just go Theo. Cool. She looks you over at me. you. Dr. Theo. I'll call you Dr. Cortar, she says. That's fine, too. I called you the moment I pulled the police report that had a single indication that it could be related to what happened across the street. Absolutely. I haven't been in this room yet, and I didn't get any scene photos. I called you first because I thought we had something serious on our hands. Special Agent... I think we might still have something serious on our hands. Yes. The reason I ask is the... I'm very curious about 
any possible disease vectors and the position of the body would have helped with that. Now, I understand you weren't there, so I won't bother you with any more questions about positioning. It sounds like one of your colleagues has found something in the bedroom. She begins to make her way in response to Agent Paris's call. Nope. Special Agent Rachel Glenn, if you will. One more, perhaps dumb question. Do you know anyone that could bring us some coffee? She actually turns away and walks into the bedroom, ignoring what you just said, and walks mm. up behind Agent Agent Paris. What'd you find? So you oh, hear Agent Glenn's voice behind you. Especially Rachel Glenn. Uh, just some scribbles. It's nothing. I thought I found something, but it's not what I thought it was. Huh. It does look like a lot of these clothes were knocked off their hangers. Maybe there was a struggle here in, in the bedroom. The body was found in the kitchen, though. She shines uh, a flashlight that she produces from her windbreaker into the closet at the drawing of the door. Huh. She starts kind of peeking through the closet. I need her to roll one moment. There's a footprint here. Look, she points down at the carpet. Is this yours? Did you step here? She sounds a little angry. No, no, that's, wait, is that, that's not mine, I assume, right? You didn't actually step that far into the closet, so you highly doubt it, but you feel a little bad that you have been stepping all over this carpeted floor. No, no, that's, that's not mine. Let's take a closer look. She squats down. Hmm. The hell size is this? Here, t take off your shoe. All right. You think you should uh, buy me dinner first? <laughs> she looks up and, and you catch the uh, brief flickering of a smile before she goes stony-faced again. Hand me your shoe. Terrace takes off his shoe and hands it to her. Roll your charisma. Is he rolling for foot odor? Oh, it's not good. She's going to have to roll her con soon. <laughs> I passed. She holds the shoe a few inches above the carpet near what she has described to you as a footprint. Hmm, she says. She hands you your shoe back. What are you, a size 10, 12? Size 12. Yeah, well, this is something like a 16. It's huge. She stands back up. McDonald. That is some Shaquille O'Neal size shoes. She takes out her smartphone and begins taking pictures with the flash of what she has described to you as an imprint. You you can sort of see it. It looks like kind of a pretty, yeah, heavy, heavy imprint there in the carpet. Why do you think somebody was standing in the closet? She asks to the air. Agent Parrish, you're, as far as I know, the only person in this room, unless any of the other agents have followed in. Uh, we, I, yeah, I mean, Ryan followed him when he, followed. when he called. Okay. <laughs> then but she says that so- a little bit back further away. I mean, he's just yeah. in the room. Anybody is welcome to, to answer her because she just sort of said it to the room. Maybe it's something he was into. I'm sorry, you think he was into standing in his own closet? Oh, well, he didn't have size 16 feet, but uh, maybe he was into like somebody watching him while he does what lonely men do in the rooms. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't understand why whatever happened, he kind of side-eyes Agent Prentice in the closet matters here you said that he was found in the kitchen right yes but we have some disarray here it looks like lots of clothes were knocked off their hangers here i can see she motions to the crumpled clothing i can see that something something occurred here and we have a shoe print that doesn't seem to correspond with that of our victim let's, let's take some more time and search this room maybe there's something else we'll, we'll turn up Paris I think you're right to... everyone watch where you're stepping please she says Prentice looks down at his feet do you Ryan's going to ask her, do you have a team coming in after this to take pictures of things, or do you need us to take a picture of that footprint in case we need to compare it to anything? At this point, I'm fairly certain I should have you all file out of here. It appears you don't have much forensics investigation experience. So why don't we go ahead and do that? And if I need your consultation on anything, I'll call you in. Can you just wait outside the apartment, please? Ma'am, I 
do apologize. We will be very careful going forward, but I must insist that we stay to ensure that there isn't any uh, contaminants. That's why we're here. We'll make our way well, to the kitchen. Right now, right now, you're the contaminants in what looks like to be a more complicated crime scene. Why don't you? I why don't you thought. help me understand that? Why are we the contaminants? Well, because we're contaminating the possible crime scene with forensic exactly, evidence. Exactly, exactly. So if you could stand outside of the apartment while I go ahead and do a full sweep here, I think that would be extremely helpful to ensure we don't disrupt any potential clues that could assist us in understanding what happened to Mr. Swartz. Sir, real quick, while this is all going on, Royson's been out in the kitchen taking a look because that's where the body was found. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that stands out to her as being unusual, food left out, phone on the counter? You don't see anything unusual. There is food left out, for sure. I don't, help me understand. There is definitely food left out. I I guess that could be somewhat unusual, but it doesn't doesn't hit you that way when you see it. It it looks like he hadn't gotten to some dishes, and he did have what looks like a half-finished TV dinner on his uh, small dining table. You do notice there is a window that looks straight across the street at the Crosby Street Hotel. Does it happen in the kitchen. to look at the window of... It is the same facing... Yes. They're, they're on the same floor and it's the exact same facing window. So it's directly across from the room that Inga was found in. Correct. One last weird question, Chris. It doesn't appear that he had hot dogs within the last couple of days from a street vendor, did he? You don't see any indication of hot dog cart fare in, in the home. It, it's mostly like TV dinners stacked up. You do see some cans of Bush's chili as well in the pantry. And he didn't leave his cell phone in the kitchen. You don't see a cell phone. Dropped. Oh, well, worth a check. So you're in the middle of kind of a discussion with Special Agent Glenn, who wants you to now leave the apartment so she can forensically catalog everything. Ryan's going to say, yeah, all right. Let us know if you... Find anything, and when you're finished, so we can take a look ourselves. And then he's gonna special agent Glenn turn uh, to Prentice and look, physically push him out of the I, apartment. I just want to into th- the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Prentice, you begin to get escorted as you're yelling back to Agent Glenn by Agent Ryan. Ryan's gonna push him into the hallway, close the door. What the fuck was that, man? Hey, look, uh, I was trying to get her on our side, but uh, sure. By asking her stupid questions? I mean, questions. Agreeing when I'm trying to let us stay in the crime scene? Look, man, whose side are you on here? I'm trying to obtain some sort of goodwill with her, and it seems like there was a bit of a misstep. And, uh, yeah. Fair enough, man, but let's, let's, less is more. Yeah? A lot less. Agent Ryan, words to live by. Ryan's going to just lean up against the wall waiting for Royzen and Paris. Agent Glenn... Before she continues her investigation, she does ask the rest of the agents to please leave as well. She wants everybody out in the hallway until she needs your consultative assistance, it, it appears. Yeah, uh, Paris heads for the hallway. Yeah, Roizen's going to straighten up from bending down to look at the floor where he was supposedly found inside and lean against a wall out in the hallway. When she comes outside, Ryan is going to turn to her and ask her, Roizen, did you get any interesting information from the door guy? Just to make sure. She's going to look around, make sure that everybody's here. Cool. So all four of you are now outside. The door is still open to the apartment, but you're just out in the hallway now. So Rosen's going to gesture down the hallway a little more. Find a nice open spot where she can kind of sit against the wall, make it look like she's taking a nap, but far enough that if they talk quietly, the agent won't overhear them. 
Well, she's she's investigating. Yeah, I I don't want to deal with. I, I can guarantee you, we're already going to get a call from the lieutenant colonel in a little bit that we pissed him off again. So let's let's not add to the problem. Ryan's going to follow Royce down the hall, but close the door behind him before he does. Gotcha. You go ahead and close the door to the apartment. And you repeat your question to Royzen a bit ways down where she's gone ahead and set up. Yep. Part of the doorman's job is to notice when there's unusual vehicles in the area. And apparently for the last little while, pretty much every day between 1900 and 1930, he's been seeing a station wagon parked on this block with a hot dog cart being towed behind it. Well, I think you just cracked the case. Yeah. Hot dogs make you bloated. I'm I'm wondering if they might have eaten. Ryan's gonna some hot dogs. Ryan's gonna begrudgingly chuckle, but also slap Prentice in the arm. What I say? Prentice just ignores him. Yeah, that's fair. He did not get a full license plate. He did get a partial. Hmm. So. Uh, can you run a partial plate? Do any of you have access to DMV databases? Because I do not. I'm not Leo, so out of luck there. Prentice or Ryan's gonna turn to Prentice. What do you think she does? I have no idea. Well, technically, I work for a government agency. I do not work for a United States government agency. I am on loan to them, which does not give me access to their databases. Well, that's fun. Ryan, you're from New York, correct? Yeah. It's a it's a, a New York license number that people can specifically look up publicly to like check on the health rating and that sort of thing. So you could just look it up. It, you would know that just because you're part of the municipality. Got it. Ryan's going to chime in. Royson, did he say if it was a New York license plate? It's a license number, like a hot dog license plate. Oh, 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 got it. It's on the cart. Like, he couldn't get a good angle to see the license plate, he said. I understand. But he, he grabbed he grabbed the big old, hey, New York City operator's license. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yep. <laughs> um, C minus. <laughs> so those are public record. You can you can search those in the, in the city database. So maybe even if it's a partial best we can narrow it but it'd be awesome if he got enough that it's a unique identified number yeah ryzen's gonna toss her notebook over to ryan okay ryan's gonna look it up on his phone yeah the vendor's name is bill morrison and it looks like his permit has his usual spots listed looks like he is normally in battery park his health rating is a 99 out of 100 it looks like somebody did find a hair in one of the hot dogs two years ago he's been operating here in uh, New York for about eight years. It's pretty good. So pretty good. the guy's looks like it belonged to a guy named Bill Morrison. And honestly, apart from one weird claim from a while back, he's pretty much immaculate. 98 health rating. 99, buddy. Give him his point. Did, did you say 90? Who gives it? Um, <laughs> I still don't necessarily think that we should rule out that both of these guys could have gotten lunch at this hot dog cart. It's right outside there where they were staying. But at the same time, I'm sure hundreds of people come through here every day. I feel like we would be seeing more of Stop this. Stop all so. the hot dog carts. <laughs> yeah, it's a long shot. I mean, did it say where he usually is around lunchtime? No. No, battery. it doesn't have his schedule on there. Oh, I thought you said usually around Battery Park. Yeah, but it doesn't have like his schedule it just oh. says he's been permitted to work within battery park well at some point we'll want to go check that out just to be safe honestly it could be a long shot just something weird that the doorman noticed 
So what did you find in the bedroom before you yelled and got the agent's attention? Yeah, it's another another one of those chalk doors, just like the one we found in the other apartment. Well, that's odd. So I've got a yeah. theory, and I don't like said theory. Well, go for it. I don't like anything so far. Actually, I've got a couple of theories, but it could be bunnies. Sorry. Well, one, those doors might be actual doors, which honestly my brain doesn't want to handle. Yeah, no. Or two, it could be some contaminant in the hot dogs or hot dogs made of things that man was not meant to eat. So hot dogs. Yeah. Why do people <laughs> eat those things anyway? Uh, Self-loathing drives that whole behavior in my experience. Since we've got a little bit, I'm going to take a nap. Sure. Is that worth- Ryan's going to go knock back on the door, ask if Agent Glenn is finished. You knock on the door or just open it. I mean, it's up to you. I didn't know if it like locked behind or not. Nah, nah. You, you can if just kind of open then it then and, and kind of shut in there. Yeah, you yeah. open in there and kind of shout in. She's actually in the hall. She's crouched down and examining the molding with her with her flashlight. She looks up at you. Her eyes meet yours. No, I just got started. What's your name? Do I know my FBI? It's Fabian FBI? Horker. God damn it, Chris. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you guys don't say it, I will say it, and you will never <laughs> like the answer. No, no, I'm fine with it. I just, because you, yeah, I thought you. you're Fabian I, Horker. Sure. Agent I'm Horker. always going to let you say it now. Okay, Agent Horker. Yeah, it's been about 20 minutes. Look, I shouldn't have let you in this apartment to begin with. I should have realized that the police just treated this as a found corpse and not a crime scene. And I think we do have a crime scene on our hands here. So just let me do my job. I'll let you know if I see anything that needs your expertise. I understand. Do you need us to wait here or would you prefer to... I would prefer you to wait here, but if you need to do something this will take a couple of hours i'll call you i suppose if i find anything that needs your eyes if you i guess need to attend to something yeah give us a call and then he's gonna walk out heading back to the group she's pretty adamant on keeping the place to herself she said she'd be a, a few hours we could probably get another look once she's done but um maybe in the in the meantime chris how far away is this from battery park i feel like ryan would know this Oh, not not too far at all. Walking um, distance? We're, we're, no, 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 no. Not walking distance, though. Okay. We're not too far from Battery Park if we want to see if maybe we can head over there real quick and find that that food truck. Worth a check. So we're following up on a on a hot dog lead? It's the best like lead it. we got right now. And hey, lunch. I guess you're right. Maybe we can get some yeah, coffee I'll, on the way. I'll buy you a hot dog, Princess. Hard pass. I don't want to get bloated. <laughs> Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, Ryan, Ryan adds to the car. Assertion. Such an event would be disruptive 
and would soon prompt misadventure. We have come this far, and we will go farther. This additional assertion is also unacceptable to me. Little traveler, you are but a note on a string. Your protestations are frozen in amber and beneath our notice. Perhaps, but you are still too weak. <laughs> Shit! Shit! Oh, goddammit! What? Relic, you are now returned to your limited version of consciousness. Calm yourself before your elevated heart rate further damages your disgusting internal organs. Shit, I was, I was back in that, uh, that tunnel with the... with that thing in the, in the dark. Yes, the others grow stronger and make their presence known through mental strife and terror as you sleep. Okay, okay. What are the others? I'm listening. Now, tell me. I will, but first I wish to acknowledge all who listen to Sorry Honey I Have to Take This for their continued mental and sometimes fiscal patronage. Proceed to donate to the work at coffee.com slash sorryhoney. That is coded as ko-fi.com slash sorryhoney. Leave copious and glowing reviews on iTunes or Google to cleverly increase the podcast's insidious spread across the global mindscape. And visit sorryhoney.captivate.fm for the latest episodes in a leak to a lively, but interminably cursed Discord server. Okay, so, the others. What are they? They are... Ugh, come on. It is inadequate to express the nature or form of such entities with this limited linguistic architecture. However, Take note and record appropriately. You have been partially consumed by the corporeal imaginings of Loiger. This has fragmented you, creating cracks in the energetic vibrations that make up your being. And the others are but one of many entities that are attracted to such phenomena. Unfortunately, the others are not merely feeding off your linking energies like the other beings that have attached to your Kirlian field, but are also using them to gain a foothold and to move more freely amongst lower vibrational aspects. This will not help with the continued endurance of the work. Shit. I... W- what do we do, Jeff? You can stop sleeping. Yeah, we, we tried that. No go. Then this adventure is inevitable. Nope. No, I, I don't buy that. I didn't understand most of what you rattled off, but we ain't letting some googly-eyed shit beast from my head run free on Earth to do God knows what. That is not at all what I described, Relic. Well, we ain't letting the others do whatever you said, then. Let me make, uh, let me make some calls. Hmm. I would choose to wish you luck. But we both know that your efforts will not matter in the end. What happens will happen. Yeah, we'll see, Ghost. <laughs> 